0: Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. And Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain, and Moses was on the mountain for forty days and forty nights. This is the word of God for the people of God. Blessed be to God. This is, as I said, one of the most important scriptures in all of the Bible because it was one of the times when God communed and spoke to mankind. Let's go back to verse 1. We've talked about earlier uh, how the desire of the people of the Old Testament was to know God and to know him closely and intimately and God chose his chosen people Israel and he had delivered them out already out of bondage and done many miracles to shake them loose of the slavery and the captivity that they had in Egypt and God brought them out into the wilderness like the old preacher said to walk that Egypt out of them. Because they had to let go of their old life. They had to let go of their old Egyptian ways that they had dwelled in that land for 400 years. And they had in many ways become Egyptian in their thought and in their practice. God had to walk the Egypt out of them and he brought them out into the wilderness. And he separated them from among the people to be his holy and separate people and verse 1, it says here, Moses, God said to Moses, come up to Jehovah. Come up to the Lord. You and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu. So we have Aaron, which is uh, Moses's vice president, if you will. He was in charge of um uh, The practice of the temple of the worship of Jehovah as well. Moses symbolized the state of the high priest who could approach God, who could enter into the holy place and presence of the most high God. Like the high priest later in the tabernacle in the wilderness that they build was able to enter into the holy of holies and enter into the presence of God, and carry the the, uh, blood of the covenant of the sacrifice, Moses was able to approach the Most High. And he had had with him his vice president, if you will, Aaron. And then Aaron had two assistants, Nadab and Abihu. They were his right-hand men, his generals, or his assistants uh, to rule Israel. And then below them, you had the 70 elders of the families or the clans of Israel. We talked about in Sunday school this morning that the eldest man of the, each family in the Old Testament was in charge of, the, of all his kinsmen. So all of one family or clan would uh, elect and choose one of their eldest members to be in charge of that family. So there, of all of the people of Israel, of the thousands and thousands of people, there were 70 who were the most high elders of Israel. And they too were underneath Aaron and Moses and Nadab and Abihu. And they also gathered close to the mountain of God so they could receive from him uh, and commune with him. And Moses said, In verse 2, it says, Moses alone shall come near to Jehovah, but the others shall not come near, and the people shall not come up with him. You see, Moses symbolized the high priest, as I said, who could approach the presence of God. That presence of God that I'll talk about later, and I mentioned as we read the scripture just then, Referred to the presence or what the Bible translates sometimes as the glory of God. In Hebrew, you may have heard that word Shekinah, the Shekinah presence or the glowing, fiery presence, light-filled presence of Jehovah God. And anytime time in the Bible when either if you're in the book of Revelation and you talk about the throne of God, the Bible says that God is the light of that city. And from him, it was so bright that they didn't need a light or a sun or a moon or a stars uh, in New Jerusalem in the book of Revelation to light that city because God himself was the light. And you see, when you enter into the actual true presence of the throne of the presence of the most high God. It is an overwhelming experience. It's a powerful experience. You are in the presence of the one who spoke all that we exist, all of this universe into, into existence. The most, the source of all truth and light and power, And it's an overwhelming presence. And we cannot as mere mortal human beings, we cannot look directly upon the presence and glory of God. We can't look, we can't handle the Shekinah glory of God because it's overwhelming. It's too powerful. One day when he has taken away all our sin, he's given us a glorified body and we go to be with him in heaven and he has perfected and sanctified this body of flesh. He says we shall see him one day face to face. Can't you hope to see him that one day in the future face to face and know him, the Bible says, as we are known come Lord Jesus. He says here, only Moses could approach the Shekinah glory of God. Verse three, and Moses came and told all the people the words of Jehovah and all the rules that God had told to him. And all the people answered with one voice in unison. They said, all the words of, of God that he has spoken, we will do. They all said that together. So that was a profession of faith. They said, all, these, all this law that you read to us is, is uh, from God, and we accept it, and we will do it. They pronounced their side of the covenant. God had gave forth to Moses his side of the covenant with mankind and the, and the people of Israel did their part as well and said, we believe and we will do these things. Verse four, and Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. And he rose up early in the morning and he built an altar at the foot of Mount Sinai, And twelve pillars he had erected, one for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. You know, this looks forward to the New Testament, where we see in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, the Bible says in verse 4, um, excuse me, verse 16 of chapter 4 of Hebrews, let us with confidence, the King James says, Boldly draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace and help in time of need. You see, we have a special relationship with Christians that that the children in the house of Israel didn't have. We can approach God. We can approach that throne of grace. We don't have to go through Moses. We don't have to go through a priest. We don't have to go through the high priest to bring our sacrifice. We don't have to go through anyone but Jesus Christ, who was our high priest. And he said, you may approach my throne boldly with confidence. We can approach the throne of grace when we have need of help in our time of need. And he says we will receive mercy And find grace. Ephesians 3 12 says, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Talking about Jesus. He gives us access to the Father. You see, Jesus is our one. The Bible says we have only one mediator with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And we can go boldly to his throne of grace in time of need. When we have troubles and trials, when we have afflictions and pains and mishaps that come upon us, God is there to be with us. We can go to him with our requests. He says, let our requests be made known unto God in Philippians, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And Moses wrote down all the words of God, and he rose up early, and he set up the twelve pillars of stone, and he set up the altar uh, with the young men of Israel, and they sacrificed burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings. Offered of the oxen of the Lord. And verse 6 it says, And Moses took half of the blood, and he threw it against the altar. So half of the blood of the of the sacrifice went to the altar, and it went upon the body of the sacrificed animal, and underneath the altar was the mercy seat and down below was the fire and the coals of fire, and the blood of the sacrifice would flow down upon those coals upon which the the sacrifice roasted. And the Bible says that the blood of the sacrifice would ascend into heaven as a vapor, symbolizing our prayers that ascend to God through the power of the Holy Spirit They ascended to the Father. So God gave us a picture of his sacrifice, of his son, that what he would do in the future is that he would be that supreme sacrifice once and for all, and he would carry captivity captive. He would go down and get the saints of old in Abraham's bosom and take them up to the presence of God and the Father. He would be our mediator between God and between man. You see, he consecrated with the sacrifice, he consecrated the covenant between God and man and man and God. That was a covenant of faith because they professed with the mouth. The Bible says, if you confess with the mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Right. Because confession is important. When we accept Jesus Christ as our heart, the first. Is repentance. My father, he always liked to say that oftentimes you had to tell someone and convince them that they were indeed a sinner before they would realize that they needed Jesus. Because a lot of people think they're just alright. I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay. We'll just live the best we can. That's what society tells us. Society says, Let's just do what we want to do. We'll make up our own moral code. We'll agree on it together as a society, and we'll we'll decide ourselves what's good and what's bad. God says, my ways are higher than your ways. He said, I will decide what's right and wrong. You see, the human heart is sinful. We can't make up our own morality because it's tainted with our sinfulness. We would create a morality that That allowed us to do what we wanted to do. But you see, God is not tainted with our immorality. He's not tainted with our imperfections. His moral code is apart from us. And it is uh, sovereign over us, whether we believe it or accept it or not. But we had, you see, Israel devoted itself to God's covenant. And it committed itself to that covenant by a profession of faith. It said, all this that God has given us is good, and we will believe it. All that the Lord has spoken, in verse 7, we will do, and we will be obedient. And Moses took the blood and threw it upon the people. He took the blood and he threw it upon the people. Half of the blood went on to the sacrifice. Half of the blood went on to the people. Jesus' blood has been applied to my heart and into your heart. Jesus' blood was applied to the people. We are the people of God. This is the word of God. God put his blood upon our hearts just as moses put the blood of god's holy law and sacrifice upon the people jesus once and for all applied his blood to his people look what he says next and remember the upper room behold the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. What did Jesus say when he supped with his disciples in the upper room? He said, this is the blood of my covenant. This is my body that is broken for you. Jesus said, I am both the sacrifice. And I am the blood of that sacrifice. I am the blood of the communion Eucharist that we take in communion that is applied to the people of God. He said, I am the sacrifice of the covenant on the cross of Calvary. Jesus fulfilled the law. He was the ultimate fulfillment of the covenant that God made here in the book of Exodus 24. Behold the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Verse 9, Then Moses and Aaron and Nadab and Ebihu and the seventy elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. As I said earlier, they didn't look directly into God's face. They didn't see God himself, but they saw the Shekinah glory. And it's more evident if you look at this scripture in the Hebrew where it's more explicit about. They saw the glory of the presence of God, the overwhelming, shining glory of God. And the Bible says here in Exodus that when Moses came down from the mountain that his countenance, his face, shone like the sun, and people couldn't even look upon Moses because he had been in the very presence of the Most High God. And it says here that under his feet it were as if it was a pavement of sapphire stone, like unto the very heaven for clearness. And they and he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They beheld God and ate and drank. And the Lord said to Moses, "Come up unto me on the mountain and wait here, wait there, that I may give you the tablets of stone." with the law and the commandment which I have written for their instruction. And so Moses rose with his assistant Joshua. You see, Moses was a very elderly man, and he had trouble at this age getting up the mountain. So he brought his assistant Joshua to help him on his way uh, until he approached the very presence of God and they went up the mount, to the mountain of God, into the mountain of God, in verse 14. And he said to the elders, wait here for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and Hur, they put them in charge. And whoever has a dispute, let them go to them. In verse 15, and Moses went up on the mountain into the cloud which covered over the mountain. He went into the very presence of the throne of God. And the glory of God dwelt upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days long. Why six days? Because that is the number of man. And God was given the law to mankind. So he stayed and dwelt upon the top of Mount Sinai for six days, giving Moses the law. At the end of those six days, it says here that Moses remained on the mountain for 40 days. Why? Because he had been in the very presence of the Most High God. You cannot go from the presence of God and come down to the people of sin, the people who are in the flesh. It's too much for them. They wouldn't even have been able to behold the countenance of of Moses if he had left right then and went directly down to the people. They too, just because Moses had been in that holy presence, they wouldn't have been able to take it. But God allowed him to stay up there for 40 days so that the presence and power and anointing of God could, could dissipate from Moses so that the people could be around him. And it says here, Now the appearance of the glory of God was like a devouring fire upon the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Now we see this devouring fire one more time in Scripture very clearly. And that was when Pentecost took place, and the Bible says that the presence, this Shekinah glory and presence of God, descended there upon the apostles as tongues of fire, and the fire dwelled and rested on each one of them in Pentecost. You see, God's presence came straight to us. In the New Testament, not just Moses, not just Jesus Christ in the flesh, but the Holy Spirit, the holy power, uh, glory of God descended upon human flesh like you and me. And we doubt his presence and we doubt his power that he can heal, that he can do miracles, that he can save our soul that he can cleanse our heart, that he can bring us in holiness to him, that he can grow us and mature us in our faith, yet we, we doubt him. God visited upon mankind. In the Old Testament here in chapter 24, in part, but later on, fully and face to face, God came to us in the person of Jesus Christ his holy sacrifice for all sin but then when Jesus died upon the cross and he arose and ascended to the father he sent his holy spirit he sent his very Shekinah glory and presence to mankind you see he told those disciples and he told those 12 tribes of Israel don't approach me Stay at a distance. What did he do in the New Testament? He brought those 12 apostles to his presence. And he took and he brought his fire and his glory and his presence descended on each one. The New Testament, we see the realization. We see the fulfillment of the Old Testament promise and covenant and sacrifice in the person of Jesus. And in the Holy Spirit. And Moses entered the cloud and he went up on the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we ask in your precious name that you would send to us your presence, send to us your glory. Give us your Shekinah presence that it may light upon each and one of us like you did in that room, like you did at Pentecost. Bring us the fire of your anointing. Let it burn in each of our hearts and our minds. Let us be on fire for you. Let us be a light like a candle that we put upon the candlestick. That we don't hide under a bushel, but we set it upon the candlestick that it light and shine and all in the house are illuminated by the light of your truth of your Holy Spirit. Jesus, be with us as we go our separate ways. Be with us in our communities. Be with us in our families. Be with us in the places that we feel we have the least testimony Be with us in the place where we feel the weakest. Be with us when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Let us fear no evil, for you are with us. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we thank you. Amen. Amen.